On your discipleship journey, you may go on a different road than your neighbor, and each path is unique to the individual walking it. This is an invitation to move deeper in our relationship with God, with our C3 family, and move at a pace that fits your capacity. It's time to discover where you are as you explore the C3 pathways. Catherine's going to be reading uh, Acts chapter 2. Oh. She was told Luke. That's right. <laughs> that's right. She, she was told Luke, and that's my fault. Are you ready to read Acts chapter 2? No? Do you want to read Luke chapter 2? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. You ready? May have, may have been why I was like, I think we're missing something. Okay, Luke chapter 2, what do you have? Ver- when he was 12 years old. Wait, wait, Luke chapter 2, verse 42. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom, Luke 2, 42. Sweet, let's give her a hand. That's good. They did go up to the temple. And we're going to tie that into the message. You just watch. (laughs) Lord Jesus, calm our hearts and our spirits. Calm any any of the outside noise that we brought into this place, brought into this sanctuary, and help us, Lord, to hear you. Help us hear your words. Help us in, in, the, in the words we have just sung, in the, in the praise, in the worship we have just uh, offered to you, Lord Jesus. May, may that be a, an opportunity for us even to open our hearts and open our minds for more of what you have for us this morning, God. Lead us, I pray, in your name. Amen. All right, so Jesus did go up to the temple. He did prepare their hearts. And we are going to do the same uh, in this way. As we dive into C3 uh, discipleship and C3 uh, pathways to understand in this, the last series of our, um, of our, uh, of our series, of our, of our pathways series of knowing what are the ways that God's inviting us to partake to engage and to know what journey, what path we're on. I have uh, so many papers up here, and here's why. There's a lot of resources that exist within what we're navigating here um, as a church. And so I don't want to leave anything out. I don't want to, I don't want to say offer you this, this is a pathway for C3 discipleship and say, well, then just go do that. Right? It's easy in words to, to offer a, a direction, a, a pathway, but if, if there are no resources to go along with that, then how much are you being helped to know where you're at and where God's leading you to continue to go? In Acts 2, verse 42, it says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. As what Catherine just read from Luke and what we just read in Acts 2 is that, is that at the temple and together they were worshiping God, devoted to this kind of way. They were preparing their hearts to be and to commune with the Father. What we have just done this morning to be together as a Christian community, to commune with the Father, to, to commune with one another in fellowship, to sharing of meals, to breaking of bread, and to pray for one another. We do this continually. We do this maybe on a weekly basis, on Sunday morning when we gather. 
What we know about the early church when Jesus had ascended into heaven and left his disciples to lead this movement, to lead this group, is they were doing it daily. And maybe when you come in here on a Sunday morning, you are feeling dry and, and in need of being filled up and, and your thirst quenched for the spiritual things of God. And that might be your rhythm. But here we read in Acts 2 that there was preparation that was taking place. It was, and even also in Luke, there was preparation taking place that was not just on a weekly basis, but on an everyday basis. And so if you're coming in dry, parched, thirsty for the things of God, what does your, your week look like? Are you, are you devoted to, to, to staying in fellowship with fellow believers? to breaking of bread and to, and to prayer, to, to the apostles' teaching? Are you connected in this kind of way? One of the things here at C3 that is important piece for us is our, our refresh groups or our community groups. And here on the website, you can see that we've got this, this is the pathway broken up, but what we've been following is the C3 gatherings. Right, this is the first one. We gather here on Sunday, we gather in other ways, in classes and Bible studies. Uh, another part of the pathway is to give, give your time, financial, uh, your giftings that God has, has prepared in you uh, to serve and to serve here in the, in the church, within the four walls of this church, but also within the community and beyond. And the last one we're touching on today is C3 community groups, community groups, refresh groups, connect groups, support groups. And to know that this, uh, through, through COVID, through 2020, these were dead in our church. And those of us who navigated that difficult season, we know that there were times where we so desperately desired to be together, and for one reason or another, we couldn't or didn't. And as a part of this, the transition for our church as we navigated uh, from having a, a pastor to having an interim pastor to me stepping into this role, the, the group life was so important. To have a healthy church, we absolutely needed to pursue small group ministry. And I'm here this morning to share with you that small group ministry in C3 did not relaunch because some pastor stood on the platform and said, we need to have a small group ministry. No, it got relaunched because individuals within the congregation, part of C3 family, said this is an important aspect of our growth and our everyday walk with Jesus. Sunday morning is a great time to come and celebrate and worship God and be together. But group life, small group ministry is a, is a vital piece to recognize, do we have health within our congregation? And small group ministry was going to help us know if we were going to be a healthy church. And these individuals, Sarah, Gabby, Rick and Nicole, Pastor Elmer, all a part of bringing this together, the, the, what exists today, the, the, the refresh groups, the connect groups, the support groups. These individuals, lay leaders with assistance from pastoral uh, leadership are why we have small group ministry in our church today. It's why it's moving in a healthy direction. Because, you see, as a, as, a, as a pastor, I can see how small group ministry is so beneficial. But I also live it out to know how beneficial it is for my life. You see, church, I know this because 
uh, for a while in the midst of the transition and everything, I, I had been a part of a, of a group, of a group of pastors and leaders from across the, the West Coast. And it was, it was beneficial for me, sharpening even, to be a part of these groups or a part of this group to, to go and to share things that are going on, but also to hear what God is doing in other contexts with people. And I had removed myself from that group for, for various reasons. And so for a season of time, I was without a small group, a small group that, that well, existed outside the walls of this church that I could, I could share things with. But I, but I come here this morning to share with you that I, I have been in a small group for the last number of weeks in, a, in such a way that, that we, get to, we, get to, we get to laugh together, we get to cry together, we get to share the ups and downs of ministry and church leadership and all the other things that go with life. And that to know that we are not alone in this. And that's what small groups can do for us, to remind us that we're not alone. And so the key question for us this morning is, why are C3 community groups a part of a C3 discipleship pathway? So if you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, we're going to read a couple stories of even just being together with Jesus, sharing a meal, and who was there. Take note of who was there uh, in these passages we're going to read. First one's Matthew 9, starting in verse 9, and the second scripture we'll read is Luke 19, uh, starting in verse 1. But first, Matthew 9, starting in verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. Just take, take for a moment, just picture this, this dinner party happening. Matthew, his tax collector friends, Jesus and his disciples. This is a ragtag group of people. Verse 11, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This dinner party is a makeup of, of, of disciples who shouldn't be following a rabbi, following a teacher. These are, these, are, these are individuals who failed out of Torah school, went to uh, do a side job or do a job that they were going to, not a side job, do a job they were going to provide for their families later on in life. Some are fishermen, right? Some are, are coming from, from different places, but not in Torah school, not passing the test, shouldn't be disciples. And Jesus calls these individuals to come and follow him. And then he calls Matthew, come and follow me. Matthew leaves his tax collector booth. That doesn't make sense. You're well off. Yes, you have no friends, except for tax collectors. But among your own people, you're not well liked. Come and follow me. Jesus invites Matthew, and Matthew just leaves his tax collector booth, of which he's making a lot of money. And in the, in the scheme of the empire, the world would say, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And Matthew leaves his tax collector booth, and he goes and follows Jesus to Matthew's house, of which he's now surrounded with other tax collectors, of which whom the Pharisees see as, these are our own people who are stealing from us, giving to the Roman Empire. These are our people 
who are taking and stealing from us. These are individuals who are more hated than the Roman Empire. You're us, you're one of us, but you're taking from us. And so it's the tax collectors and Matthew and Jesus and Jesus' disciples at this dinner party, reclining at the table. And the Pharisees see what happened, what's going on. You get to see them peering through the window or through the door like, this, is, this looks wrong. This, this looks like uh, something that, that, that Jesus and what he's been doing and teaching and these disciples should not be a part of. These are not good people. And yet Jesus' response to their, to their question is, it, is it, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn this, that what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Who are we inviting to our dinner table? Who are we inviting to our, to our dinner parties? Who's coming? Who are we willing to sit around the table with? Have conversation, engage in relationship. Who are we connected with in small group? Who are we being encouraged by? Turn over to Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for, was, for he was small in, 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 his, in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to this place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When, uh, when they saw it, they all began to, to grumble, saying, uh, he, was gone, uh, he has gone to the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. You see, just even in this story of Zacchaeus, we've, we've sung this song, we've we read the story. There's a man who wants to see who's coming to town. He wants to see what's going on. What's this, what's this gathering of, of going about going on in Jericho? And just to get a vantage point, right? He gets up into a tree to just see. And it's Jesus calling him out of the tree. Calling out of, out of just looking at a distance what's going on and inviting Zacchaeus into relationship with him. And not only that, allowing Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Well, who are Zacchaeus' friends? He's a chief tax collector. His friends are tax collectors. Again, the hated, the hated of the Israelites, the hated of the Hebrew people are the ones who are working for the Roman Empire. And Jesus invites himself into their home and to have a meal and to sit down at the table and to engage in relationship and to engage in conversation and to discover that there is more for them than what they've been living. There's an invitation to be a part of something bigger than what they've seen. Yes, you might have been well off in wealth, but you are poor of spirit. I'm here to offer you something different. Zacchaeus gets it right away. I'm going to give back half. And if I've defrauded anyone, I'll give back more. His heart tur turns in a moment in, his, in the presence of Jesus. 
And church, that's the invitation for us in small group ministry that when we're together encouraging one another, that our hearts have an opportunity to be transformed, be transformed in an instant because of the work of Jesus Christ. Not that any one of us are Jesus Christ ourselves, but in the presence knowing that we are coming together, united in Christ, to grow and to learn and to live in such a way he's called us. We have an opportunity to be transformed in an instant, to see God at work in our lives and to walk that out. A part of this group that I've been able to, to walk with and to lead, I've been able to see God move in ways and transform in ways that I could not have probably seen on my own. You could ask the elders. There were, there were, there were weeks that, and, and elder meetings that I would go in there and say, I do not have this yet. But I so desire in my life to have a group that I can come to and share and weep with and cry with and laugh with and be encouraged by. And that I might encourage them as well. It's this kind of give and take that we, are, we come together united in Christ, knowing that he desires to do a work in us individually, but collectively also. God desires to do a work in us. And so Jesus' ministry within these stories in, in Matthew 9 and in Luke 10, there's a preparation that is even Catherine read in Luke 2, there's a preparation of even getting and going into the presence of God. Small group ministry can be that. Refresh groups can be that of a, of a work we are doing during the week before we come into the presence of God. Again, if you're coming in hopeless, fearful, unforgiven, or having un unforgiveness in your heart, that, small, that being together in Christian community beyond just a Sunday morning can offer us a pathway forward towards discipleship. That when we come together, we get to celebrate and share that on Sunday morning as we worship God. We get to share the work that God is doing in and through our lives. We get to share the stories of, of how he's in, in, impacting people that we're around day in and day out. Some of your small groups, some of your small groups are the teams that you work with. Some of your small groups are, are, are the people you see day in and day out. But are you intentional with the kind of conversation you have? Are these fellow believers in Jesus? Are you talking about the, what, what God is doing in and through your life? About how God and the Holy Spirit are, are stepping in and, and entering into your everyday life. And desiring to do a work in and through you. To the people around you that don't know Jesus. Who, 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 who desperately need to know that there is a God that loves them. Are you having those kinds of conversations? Are you praying for one another? I mean, I work at a church, right? So it, it's, I come from a place where I get to be around Christians. And I recognize that. When, when we've got a need here and it comes through, whether it's on uh, email or a text or a phone call and somebody's got something going on, whether it's us who exist in this building, you know, Monday through Friday, through Friday or beyond, we get to stop and pray. And I recognize that some of you may not have that opportunity, but do you have one? Is there one in your midst throughout the week who when something happens and you're aware of something, you're, let's pray. Let's pray for this need. I don't have the answer, but I do know that I serve a God who so loves me in such a way that he is inviting me into the throne room to pray for that very need because I'm aware of it. Do you have one? that you can go to and talk to throughout the week. Again, our, our, fresh, our Refresh Community Group's mission statement is this, creating pathways for all generations to connect while pursuing God, engaging with believers, and partnering in God's kingdom work. 
Again, this is a mission statement not created by pastoral staff, but by lay leaders within this church that recognize that small group ministry is a vital part of the health of this church. So why C3 community groups? Uh, We see that, that small group ministry, that small group leaders and hosts are frontline pastors. Small group leaders and hosts are frontline pastors for C3. These are the ones who are receiving people into their home. And they're asking, how can I pray for you? How's your week going? What are the wins this week? What are the losses? How can we support each other together? These are our frontline pastors, and so we treat them as such. So anybody who desires to be a a refresh group leader or host, it is mandatory you go through training. Not that we wanna have you jump through a hoop or go through red tape, but we want you to make sure that you're well prepared and supported to be frontline pastors. That when you have a very real need, walk through the front door of your home, you know that you're not alone in carrying and offering compassion into that. That you've got a church willing to offer prayer and support and resource in such a way. And so we have, we have refresh groups and connect groups and support groups for the, for the pursuit of spiritual formation for biblical foundation, for Jesus-centered communities, for service, for friendship. All these things exist within our, community, within our small group ministry. Some of the benefits of small group ministry is discipleship, study, curiosity, accountability, shepherding, evangelism, hospitality, commitment, prayer, service. The list goes on, church. As Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If we're, if we're existing and thinking that our spiritual walk, our spiritual formation practices would exist on a Sunday morning, I, I, just, I just want to be honest with you. It will leave you lacking. Because I know for myself, it leaves me lacking. If, I'm, if my expectation is a Sunday morning will fill me up in every way necessary, and give me the kind of relationship that will help me walk every day into the week as a, as a disciple of Christ, it will leave me lacking. I will still be searching. I will need more. And for me, from out of experience, I can say small group and being in relationship with people help me day in and day out so that when I come together and worship God on a Sunday with my church family, I am celebrating what God has already been doing and what he's going to do in the coming week. My wife has some, as a couple different small groups she's a part of and, and, and some are, are just these gals that get together um, weekly. They get together to walk and they, and they have conversation and they encourage each other. When that is missed, she knows. She can feel it. When I miss time with, with my group, I know and I can feel it. And not only that, we can see it in each other. We can see it in each other. 
We can see that we, we missed something this week and it wasn't there in the way that we had anticipated or hoped it would be. The, the preparation even coming in on a Sunday. Luke 2, the preparation of our hearts coming into the temple. Boy, I needed it. I needed people in my life to know that are praying for me, to text me and call me up, to be so near to me that I can share those things that I'm longing for that I don't have, those things that I desire that I don't have, the, the things that I, I would hope for that haven't happened yet. I need those people in my life who I can share with. C3 community groups are the way we gather during the week around a table to be the people of Jesus where we live, work, play, and worship. We eat together, we pray together, we pray for one another, and we share life together. And it's in these ordinary rhythms of life that we become more like Jesus. More like we read in Luke 19 and in Matthew. More, more like being around a table. And maybe around a table who, from the outside, would be people would wonder... Who's, what's that group about? What's happening there? Each C3 community group is unique. As we live, uh, as we live and work in proximity to each other, we're able to partner in mission, uh, and be on mission of, of what God is doing in the world and to partner in his, in his kingdom work and to, see, and to see his kingdom come on earth as, as it is in heaven. This idea of extended family on mission, this oikos, is a Greek word for household, extended family. Cornelius, as he's talking with Peter, comes and visits him. It's his oikos, his extended family, his servants, his, his, his kids, his, his, his aunts and uncles, his cousins are all in this household when they come to hear the message of Jesus through Peter. This extended family on mission, is it family of God? We take time during the week to eat together, to pray for one another, to share life together. Communities are formed seeking to love and to support each other in practical ways. This is where we share the incarnation of Christ in our, at our kitchen tables and become sacred spaces of celebration and remembrance of our hope in Jesus. It's where this act of communion gets to take place in our homes and we get to break bread together because Christ is at the center. We get to live this Jesus-shaped life and a disciple of Jesus, we desire to pattern our lives after Jesus. Each week we spend time praying together, holding honest conversation and creating space for the Spirit to speak. We believe that spiritual formation takes place in community through deep relationship and accountability. Our lives begin to transform and become more like Jesus through our small group time. There are conversations that can happen in small group that can never or seldom happen on a Sunday as we come together and worship. Conversations around a table where as Jesus sits with, the, with, with Matthew and other, other tax collectors and his disciples, as Jesus sits with Zacchaeus, the other tax collectors and his disciples, there are, other, there are other conversations that get to happen there that don't likely happen at the temple or the synagogue for Jesus. Because guess who's not invited to the, the temple and the synagogue? <coughs> Tax collectors. But at our table, you can invite your neighbor. You can invite a friend. You can invite someone who has told you, hey, I'm interested in, in going to church, but I, I, am, I am terrified of walking in to a church building. 
but I'll come into your house and I'll share a meal with you or I'll meet you for coffee. And we could go over scripture. We could read a, a scripture together. I'm willing to do that. But coming into a church on a Sunday terrifies me because what I, what, of what I think or what I, don't, what I believe I'm not, I'm not welcome. Your dinner table gets to be that invitation of hospitality, of compassion, and of care. We also desire divine partnerships as we partner our, uh, pattern our lives after Jesus. We get to share the gospel and serve our, serve our neighbors. We want, we want to, to be people of hope and joy in a world of hopelessness and fear. We want to pattern our lives after Jesus, partnering with God to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a divine partnership, an invitation. We have all kinds of groups happening, refresh groups that are all unique and different. We also have um, connect groups. Connect groups like, like C3 Seniors and C3 Ladies Gathering and C3 Youth happening during the week. We also have uh, support groups happening, ones that we can share about and ones that we have to keep anonymous because of the, for, the, for the anonymity of the group as they support one another. But one that is just beginning is an infertility support group. Um, uh, this group is for um, uh, a time to come together to share a meal and to share, uh, share lives with other women who understand the struggle of infertility. The beautiful part about what God is doing with C3 is that, he's, is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people and, and placing upon their hearts a conviction to be about God's mission in the world, reclaiming and redeeming that which was lost and broken. And this group speaks to that. This group speaks to, um, to somebody hearing from God and desiring to walk this out, to offer care and support to other people, other women who are going through and have gone through uh, infertility. We also have uh, Sexual Integrity 101, a group that desires to seek uh, have integrity in, in, in the area of sexuality. That where brokenness and hurt has existed because of addiction, this group desires to support one another through and in that. And as I've committed to the staff and I've committed to the elders of this church and the leadership, C3 will not step out into new ways until God raises up leaders and speaks to them and says, this is how I want you to live and walk this out. And as a church, we will support and resource that the best we can. But if God's putting it on your heart to be a part of a, of a refresh group or a support group or a C3 Connect group, I want you to know those pathways exist. If that's what you hear God inviting you into, I want to support that. I want to help you see what those are and be able to communicate. I'm not here to, to um, pressure you in any way, to manipulate you in any way, but I, if I don't tell you what exists, how can we walk it out? If I don't tell you what exists and where the need is, how can you step into those ways faithfully? One of the rules, as the, as the, as the worship team comes out, um, as we close this morning, one of the rules for uh, the refresh group that I help lead and host is that you do not, there is, no, well, there is only one rule. You don't knock. 
If it's, if it's an Oikos night, you're welcomed, you're expected, you walk in. Because as, as, as living and desiring to be an extended family on mission, if you're coming to be a part, or to, uh, to be a part of this extended family, it's your home as well when we gather. So you walk in the front door as if it's expected. Your presence is expected. Like Jesus calling to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. You think Jesus had to knock? <laughs> He's expected. And in the same way for our refresh group, if it's an Oikos night, you're expected and you don't knock. You walk in. The door's unlocked. Come and partake in the meal that's provided. Bring something to share as we pray and encourage one another, as we share the ups and downs of life, as we, as we hear from God and desire to walk that out in our, each and every day after we leave that place. But the desire is that we leave that place encouraged. Jesus came not for the healthy but for the sick. Jesus also doesn't desire a sacrifice, but he desires relationship. Here we get to walk that out, but also within our small groups, within our, our C3 community groups, we get to live that out each and every day. We may not be a day we're meeting, but there's connection that happens beyond just coming together. We get to send messages, have phone calls, get a gift, love and care for one another. Sometimes this life gets too hard to not have a group. It becomes a heart cry. And church, I can speak to that from experience. It was such a heart cry. As I met with your elders and I said, I so desperately desire this. My prayer time with God, God, I so desperately desire this. And for whatever reason, I haven't had that for, for, for too long, God. So who is that? What does that look like? Point me in the right direction, God. And as the elders prayed for me and over me in this regard, he's provided. God has provided. In ways, make me a better person, make me a better pastor. In this time, as we close, as, as the team leads us, what is God leading you into? What is he inviting you into? What are places and ways that he's saying, I've got this space for you. I've got this open door. I've got this group. Or maybe it's a person in the place you work or the place you live. You've got this neighbor. I've got this person I'm putting on your heart and your mind. Invite them in. See, see that connection grow. Pray for the people around you. Support one another. Love each other so that we can love our neighbors. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are a good God to us, your people. Lord, help us prepare our hearts even now to hear and receive from you, God, the invitation to be a part of community, Christ-centered community, living a Jesus-shaped life, loving you, God, and loving others. Help lead us in the, right, in the right direction, on the right path. We pray in your name, amen.